0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome. As I explore the fourth session on this uh, theme of faculties for fearlessness and Maybe I'll say again that I'm not using going through the faculties in the traditional order. And in this uh, exploration of the faculties and fearlessness, I'm emphasizing different aspects of fearlessness. It's kind of uh, started with, I wanted to do something about fear. And, but I wanted to do something uplifting about fear rather than just talking about fear. And, so this idea of faculties of fear, like how can we use them as a support? Because it turns out that naturally humans have fear. Sometimes it's really obvious, and sometimes it's really subtle, because there's a way in that risk is just a part of human life. In fact, if there were a life that's not open to the uncontrollable elements in the world, and therefore not subject to fear, then that life would be a divine life. That would be like a god, right? Not a human being. Because human beings have risks. We're vulnerable. We have accident, disease, embarrassment, humiliation, loss, failure. These things happen to humans. And if we don't Like maybe address them or acknowledge them. There can be this uh, effect, this long-term effect of like perpetually feeling fear. And there's a way that we just become habituated to it and not even noticing the different ways it shows up. And then this, um, impact of this. Like, uh, continuous or long-term feeling of this subtle, low-grade fear, maybe with spikes of a lot of fear, it affects our ability to take risks, which includes things like feeling deeply, feeling love, feeling the loss. We all have losses. It also affects our ability to think uh, independently, And not just be pushed around by whatever sources we have in contact with, whatever news sources or social sources, you know. Maybe there's a little bit, if we just are so used to having some fear, then we don't say like, no, wait, I'm going to think about this myself. And also having this maybe a long-term chronic low-grade fear really impacts our ways uh, to express ourselves with creativity or innovation, to bring something new into the world. Not that we have to share it, but even for ourselves. And there's this powerful book that I really like. I'll just mention briefly. It's by David Biles, B-Y-L-E-S, and Ted Orland. And it's called Art and Fear. Art and Fear by David Biles and Ted Orland. And there's this way that they really talk about this, how fear kind of like it robs us of some of our creativity. So, and there's a way that it can render us, you know, this fear a little bit more like passive. So this is why part of the reason why I like to address fear. Then quickly, I'll just do a review of the preceding weeks. The first week was Sati, which I talked about noticing, noticing our environment and noticing our own experience. Then I did samadhi as maybe collectedness and wholeheartedness, bringing this centeredness or wholeheartedness to the sense of no, the resistance to the fear, which is a little bit different than doing it to fear. If you can do it with fear, great, but instead this sense of resistance to fear. And then yesterday was sada or sada, is confidence and trust, and this confidence in the practice, this confidence in ourselves, just enough confidence. But also a trust to this natural inner process that moves towards greater freedom and wholeness. And that way this trust that what's needed from us is, is to just get out of the way. Sometimes, or sometimes effort. And now I'd like to introduce A fourth faculty, and that is virya. Virya is often associated with the power and virility of the warrior. It's this, you know, strength and hero and exertion to make extraordinary accomplishments. And we're not going to be talking about that. Instead, I'd like to focus on a different aspect of virya. Courage. Courage. Sometimes virya can be translated as courage. And so courage is this capacity to face the fear as best we can. It's the power to stand one's ground, even though there's just exactly what we don't want is there. And being, it's this courage is to be with the fear and the resistance to the fear. As best we can, i've been talking about how to work with the fear, but it turns out we also need courage sometimes we need courage just to notice or a- acknowledge that we have fear or just to acknowledge that we the resistance to the fear because it doesn't matter how many Buddhist teachings we've heard. It doesn't matter how much meditation experience we've had. If we can't just be with our experience in our daily life when these difficulties arise, something difficult like fear. And sometimes we just need some courage. Courage to show up for what's happening as best we can, bringing with us the tools or the knowledge that's available to us at that time. Because let's face it, sometimes when fear is up, we don't have access to our greatest wisdom always. We don't have access to a sense of groundedness and presence always. So sometimes courage is what's needed. And sometimes this courage shows up as the capacity to avoid despair. Sometimes it's courage. To not collapse in this tempted sometimes to surrender and this collapse, sometimes it takes courage to stay upright to be with our experience. There's this way, and we can like um. Refuse to be open to new chances or new experiences. And we have this movement. We just want to be closed down and isolate and be secluded. And in this way we might feel a little bit less vulnerable. But we need courage when terrible things are happening. So that we can acknowledge them as best we can notice them as best we can, gather ourselves around the resistance to them as best we can, and to have some confidence and trust as best we can. And not only is courage needed when difficulties happen, but sometimes we just need everyday courage to expand. We need everyday courage just to change. Yes, I've been doing it this way for a lifetime. Yes, I've been having these beliefs for a lifetime. But maybe there's something different that's available. Maybe there's something more. Something more beautiful. And there's no guarantees, right? That if we open up and allow something more, that there won't be difficulties as well. So it takes some courage. So then the natural question is okay diana you're talking about courage how do we develop courage the buddhist texts don't really help us out here they don't have anything specific to help us with courage they have the stories of the buddha towards um right before his awakening he had this determination he was going to sit and find the way to complete freedom and as he did so mara The we might say is the embodiment of whatever gets in the way of freedom. Mara assailed the Buddha, with armies. Some of you might remember a number of months ago, I did some 7AMs on Mara. So there's stories of how the Buddha was able to behave with courage. There's also this story of the Buddha, even before with the Mara, He recognizing that when he went to meditate in the jungles, sometimes he'd be afraid, hearing sounds and thinking that some animal was going to come and um, eat him, I guess, attack him. And he had the courage to bring mindfulness to his bodily sensations and to stay in those postures. So we have these stories, but how do we develop courage? Well, one way is this connection between courage and trust. And I recognize trust is not always readily available either, but is there a way that we can connect with something bigger than ourselves? This might show up, be different for different people. Maybe there's this way to take the refuges in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha and we're in fear, is to help kind of have some courage. Can we do some metta practice, radiating, sending goodwill out into the world and to ourselves, connecting with others in this way? Maybe there's some devotional practice. Whatever devotional practices make sense to you. Some people do chanting practices. Some people do uh, bowing. Some people will spend some effort with setting up an altar. And and putting on the altar what's uh, meaningful and important and uplifting for them. So this connection between courage and trust and this maybe openness of heart. And I appreciate that Brene Brown, she's a, I think she's a psychologist, sociologist. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but she has this book entitled The Gifts of Imperfection. Renee Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. And she writes that courage is a habit. That's a virtue, and you get it by doing courageous acts. Just like you learn to swim by swimming, you learn to courage by couraging. So is there a way that we can show up for those small little things? The spiders. <laughs> For me, it's spiders. I used to be really afraid of them. But I'm so much better now. I can just show up with spiders. So we practice with the small things. Maybe connecting with things that are bigger than us. Refuges, devotion, chanting. And certainly we come to meditation practice thinking that it will lessen some of the difficulties we have, or that we'll gain some wisdom, we'll gain some new understandings, maybe even have some cool meditative experiences. And for all the reasons we come to this practice, alleviate alleviate the suffering that we have, practicing with courage is probably not high on the list, but, and yet a big part of what we're practicing is courage. We might have some different experiences and showing up for them, even though it might be unknown, uncomfortable, unfamiliar. The courage to face things in ourselves that we haven't seen before with meditation practice. The courage to face things one more time, even though we've seen them so many times before. So we have been practicing courage in these small ways. So just by coming back to the cushion again and again, coming back to the breath again and again is a way that we've been practicing courage. So this fourth faculty of Virya, I like to emphasize this idea of courage. It's how we, one way to work with fear is to acknowledge and be with the fear. And I didn't start these this series on the faculties for fearlessness with courage, because if it were easy to have courage, then you wouldn't, you know, then you wouldn't need any of the other factors. But I'm starting, I'm introducing it as the fourth, just this recognition that you might need other things to be with the, not only the fear, but that resistance to fear. So today, may you notice All the small ways in which courage is showing up for yourself. And can we notice what does it feel like to be willing to maybe be a little bit more vulnerable, to show up in maybe a little bit more spacious, open way. So I'm wishing you all a wonderful rest of the day today. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we explore the last faculty for fearlessness. Thank you.